Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sodder Show. I'm Rory Sodder, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since yesterday. We had a fantastic show yesterday. Everything you could want in a show. Perfect dialogue, great rhythm, amazing topics, unbelievable guests. And uh, it just keeps getting better and better. It keeps evolving. A lot of plans for the future of the Rory Sodder Show. Uh, As always, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors and audience. Uh, You are all incredible, and you're the reason this show keeps succeeding and keeps going far. Um, As everybody knows, uh, we will be on the air tonight, Thursday, and then obviously Saturday, my AM radio show. But then after that, uh, we will be done for two weeks uh, until the first week of January. Just wanted to reiterate that and just remind everybody um, about, about, you know, in case, in case a lot, of, I know a lot of people were messaging me and wondering uh, if I was going to be on, you know, during the Christmas holiday and New Year's. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy. I'm really happy that there's a lot of stuff in the works. Um, I, I'm putting a lot of different stuff together for the beginning of 2020 for the show. Uh, I will be making announcements. So uh, definitely stick, stick around for that. Um, God, uh, it's, uh, it's been quite the day, uh, a lot of stuff in the headlines, a lot of stuff to get to tonight, a lot of guests on tonight, a lot of people on the panel. Um, I want to just say, you know, like I do every episode, it really is an honor, um, being able to utilize this platform and speak my voice and uh, shine this light really is guys. It really is. I hope your week is going well. Um, coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, it is tis the season. It's, I love this time of year. I love the holidays. I love Christmas. Such a special, and um, it's just it's the best time. It really is. And everybody's together, families and friends, and just lots of lots of beautiful joy in the air. I can't say there's so much joy though with what's going on in Washington. I God, these people are at each other's throats. Uh, like I say all the time, I haven't seen hostility to this level ever. It's it's. It's crazy out there. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show. I believe we have him with us. We have U.S. He's 99% sure he's running. Uh, U.S. congressional candidate from Tennessee. He's also worked in the White House. He's done a lot. Uh, Was in the military for a long time. Todd McKinley, how are you? Hey, Rory. How's it going, brother? Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah to everybody out there. It's going to be great. Looking forward to being back on your show in 2020 and looking to close out this year on a high note, uh, regardless of what tomorrow brings in the Congress. This is going to be a great show. Absolutely, my friend. Well, as always, great having you here. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Um, I believe we have him with us. We have U.S. congressional candidate from Arizona, Josh Barnett. What's up, buddy? Hey, Rory. How's it going? Thank you for having me back on again. Absolutely. What's going on? Well, I was at the uh, the Trump counter protest here, and 24th Street Camelback, and uh, hundreds of crazy liberals were um, taken to the streets. And uh, so I, I was right in the middle of it. And uh, Kelly Townsend is out here with me and, uh, and a big group of people. And um, so it got a little heated every every so often. <laughs> so, lucky I, I say that all that. But uh, but it was it was interesting to hear the lack of answers, or I should say lack of logic that I was 
but I was uh, getting when I asked simple questions like, why should Trump be impeached? And I got um, the typical comments that you'd expect. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, these people, like I talk about on my show all the time, they care more about feelings than actual facts. They, they can never face oh, the real music. It, it's, it's sad. It really is. It is, yes. But uh, really great having you here. Uh, Josh, always a pleasure. A lot to get into tonight. Thank you again for having me. Absolutely. Uh, I also would like to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us, we have former Massachusetts State Director for the Trump Campaign, Dean Cabarata. Dean, how are you, buddy? Rory, good evening to you, sir. It's great to be back, and uh, happy holidays. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. Rory, Rory, thank you for having me. It's great to be back on, and uh, I hope you're having a great night so far. You too, man. Great having you here, as always. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so, guys, <clears throat> like I do every episode, I just want to go through some of the small stuff, you know, some of the headlines uh, that, that occurred and came out since yesterday. And then once I get to everybody on the panel, if you have anything on your mind or any thoughts, please, please um, speak up and uh, tell me. Whatever, whatever you're thinking, uh, whatever talking points I go over, feel free to share your, uh, all your opinions on it. Uh, that's what we love to do on this show. So, all right. Um, okay. Here, here's something that, uh, and, I, and I talked about this uh, before on my show, but this is absolutely appalling, and it's disturbing, and it's disgusting, and it's everything backwards of what America is supposed to be. You have these liberal cities and you have these liberals who run these organizations and they put this policy into place and it keeps evolving more radical, keeps getting worse and worse. And it was just announced today. And this, I mean, this goes into, you know, stuff that happens in my home city of Seattle, where I'm originally from happens in Chicago, Detroit, LA, anywhere. you pretty much have a liberal in charge. This sort of stuff is going to happen. But anyway, New York City, they are now allowing illegal aliens to apply for driver's licenses. And this is how it all starts with voter fraud. This is how, this is how the process, this is what they do. This is the process. This is what they're putting out there and trying to push in their favor. I mean, this is the biggest abuse of power. Uh, this is corruption at its finest. I mean, how, how can you twist that? or spin that, or actually justify that sort of situation. Once you get illegal driver's licenses, I mean, they are, they're already voting. You're already getting their votes, but it's just going to make it that much more easier. And think about all the luxury and all the capabilities they're going to have with driver's licenses. Think about all the fraud they can commit. Think about all the freaking – I mean, this, this is criminal. This is crime. But you have politicians enabling this bullshit. You have them totally condoning – this communist behavior. I mean, you're going to have taxpayer dollars being spent on people that don't even belong in our country. I just, you know what? And we know for a fact that dark money is being put in these politicians' pockets, and that's why these idiotic, crazy agendas get pushed through. And then if we question it or we call it wrong, 
then we're called Nazis, we're called racists, we're called hateful by the left. I mean, it's, it's the party of victim mentality. You know, you see these third world streets, these shitholes, San Francisco, Seattle, L.A., all these places have a massive flow of illegal immigration. I'm not saying they're the, the main problem for the, 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 you know, the disgusting streets and everything that's going on, but they, they strongly contribute to it. And the homeless epidemic, I mean, it all ties in together. All these liberal, uh, radical uh, ideologies. And it, it doesn't end. I mean, open borders, free health care for all illegal aliens. Give me a break. Can you imagine if, a, if somebody like Elizabeth Warren or Bernie was to ever get in there? We would turn into Venezuela overnight. And think about places like Venezuela that were all about capitalism, all about luxury, and they were one of the nicest, richest countries forever. And now all of a sudden, it's, it's the biggest shithole on earth. So we, there's no way to sugarcoat or relabel the term socialism. Socialism is socialism, and it destroys communities, and it destroys all these, other, all these areas. And that's why you have all these people running here to flee it. They're getting out of what certain American citizens want. Think about that. It's, it's ridiculous. But driver's licenses, and think about the liability. Think about just with insurance. Think about the justice system. If they kill somebody with their car, and then they can't be – uh, you know, tried or convicted in the U.S. so they run back to their country. This happens all the time, and they, they're never held, account, never held accountable. Oh, my God. I mean, who, who's putting this stuff into place? It's ridiculous. And the fact that they have all this access and all this leverage, these politicians, where they can just sign these bills, sign these legislations, it's so wrong. It's so unethical. It's so immoral. It's everything that's wrong with, with how our country has turned into. I mean, it's so, so wrong. Um, here, here's something I want to kind of just discuss briefly. And, and it, the mainstream media is making a big deal out of it. It's all North Korea, you know, shooting up rockets and all that stuff. Don't buy too, too much into it. I mean, he's been doing these tests for a long time. Uh, him and Trump have a, have a good relationship. Kim Jong-un is not a dumbass, and he knows. If he tries to cross the line or tries to push Trump or tries to do anything to mess with him, uh, Trump will play the biggest hardball you've ever seen, just like he did before. And then guess what happened? Kim Jong-un came to the table begging Trump. So you have Kim Jong-un, on de- he's definitely on defense. Trump is on offense this in- with this in situation. Um, you know, I, 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 we don't know yet the, the – you know, details exactly on when or, or what the, the, the specifics are for them denuking. But it, it, it's closer than it's ever been before. They're not testing like they used to. They're not being uh, – they're not trying to provoke us like they used to with old world leaders. They're not trying to they're, – they're not really making, you know, threats like they were because uh, Trump put them in check. I mean, all, all this is – I mean, we have really good things going on with so many of these foreign powers. And you have the mainstream media who, might, who likes to cause trouble, stir the pot, make these fictional headlines that, you know, try to say we're in all this harm, you know, that Trump didn't do anything with North Korea. Trump, if they, they say all these fabrications, and there's no credit given his way 
for the peace that he's established so far with Kim Jong-un. I mean, this is the biggest step I've ever seen. I mean, think about this. When Trump came into office, Obama told Trump that Kim Jong-un was the biggest threat that he, that he saw. That's what Obama told Trump. And now look, two, three, two, three, three years later, uh, Kim Jong-un and Trump are, are actually getting along. So I'm not reading too much into these headlines from the liberal media talking about these missile launches. And uh, North Korea has been doing this a long time. They've slowed it way down. And, uh, you know, the, it needs, people need to stop being misled. They really do. Um, okay. Uh, let's see here. I'm really, I'm really disturbed and upset with Fox News lately. Uh, Fox News has been releasing polls and releasing commentary uh, from tricking the wrong, wrong people. I mean, you had – I'll give you an example. You had every mainstream media poll this past week uh, in, in favor of not impeaching the president, and you had a Fox News poll that was in favor of it. How, how is that even possible? You have Fox News that's supposed to be our home, supposed to where we're supposed to get our reliable news uh, stuff from because we, we don't have – uh, the mainstream media on our side, unfortunately, like the like 97% of the Democrats do. So it's like it's it's ridiculous. It, it's it's something that you have Fox News, Chris Wallace, Neil Cavuto, uh, Napolitano. You got some of the Juan Williams. How are these people? I mean, I get you need diversity, you need different opinions there, but these people are malicious. These people are radical. These people. You know, they, they go with their feelings rather than facts. You can tell that there's a bias, there's a hate for the president, and you have Chris Steyerwald, who you know, I don't know much about, but I know he does the polling for Fox News, and he's not the biggest Trump fan. So, you know, you have, we have to look at this. Why does USA Today, why do all these other left-leaning polls, you know, say the voters favor not impeaching the president, but the Trump, the Fox poll says they favor it? So ridiculous. And, and the Murdoch Suns, it's a, you know, it's under, I think they're, they're taking over a little bit. And we all know they're very more liberal. Uh, they're a lot more liberal than their father. And I, even A.G. Barr was having news, um, he was having meetings with the news station, Fox News, because it was getting so out of hand. Uh, dark money is definitely influencing this network to a certain degree. And we have to understand that and look at it. And you've seen Trump on many different occasions saying, Go to watch OAN instead. Fox News is losing its credibility. And why do they keep having losers on there like Eric? I mean, guys that have no brain. I mean, this guy is useless. I mean, so many other examples of Donna Brazil, the freaking criminal. And, you, you, you know, it's just like, wow, wow, wow. And, you know, they, they think that we're just supposed to accept this. No, no, we're not. We're not, especially when so much of the media is against us. Um, here's something interesting, and this is disgusting, and this really uh, needs to be uh, exposed, and these states just keep it up. But uh, these rhino governors, including, you know, I, I agree with him on some stuff, but the governor in my state, uh, he's a rhino sometimes. Some of the policies he puts into place, uh, like he was talking about gun control, and now he's requesting to the Trump administration that they give more refugees. Him, uh, Ducey, along, Governor Ducey, along with 
uh, nine other governors in various states. Um, God, I mean, you're telling me this is not dark money. You're telling me this is not, they're not being influenced behind closed doors. Of course they are. This is all these special interest groups, all these, these whole, these lobbying associations. I mean, it goes on and on. Uh, you have these people working after hours to replace the American worker. And I'm not going to say, do, I'm not going to diss on Ducey totally because he's done some good things, but I don't like these rhino um, traits that he carries, along with these other governors in these other states that claim to be Republican. I mean, it, you want to, you know, Arizona is supposed to be one, I mean, the way our values are, the way, what we believe, I mean, how it's been for the longest time, Arizona is like one of the most ultimate hardcore conservative states. And that's what, that's what the voters want for the most part. You know, and when you have all these illegals coming in on the taxpayer dime and replacing their jobs, I just don't, I don't know how, I, I mean, I, I get, I get the money involved, but yeah, it's just, it's so un-American. It's so against what we're fighting for and what our constitution says and what our values are, Western civilization. Jesus, it's, and it has to, I mean, we, Trump better not, better not, he better not. We're putting America first, you know, it's what has to be done. Um. Okay, you know, Robert De Niro, I wish that little midget would shut the hell up. I mean, he's a great actor. Don't get me wrong. The Irishman was a great movie. His movies are great. Goodfellas, he's, he's an authentic, profound talent. I give him that. I'm not going to take that away from him. But, dude, I mean, have some respect. I mean, you don't – to be honest, De Niro, I'll give him this. When he's around people, when he's in interviews, when, when he's associating – I've actually heard he's a pretty nice guy um, and pretty friendly. It's just this political shit has taken him out of control. I mean, he's, he's, it's raged to a whole nother level, I, you know, and it's the hate. I mean, you know, I get you have your own beliefs and your own ideas and what you think, but dude, stop dissing Trump supporters. I mean, you're, you're trying to say that there's something wrong with us and that we're crazy and that we're hateful and racist. Bro, bro. Why don't you go ask your friend Al Pacino and your friend Sylvester Stallone if they think we're racist? Because both of them support Trump. I mean, you got so many people that are big-time actors that support Trump. Pretty sure Joe Pesci does, too, but he doesn't talk about it. Um, you know, Mark Wahlberg, Adam Sandler. These are known Trump supporters. Um, who else? Uh, obviously, John Voight. But the list goes on and on. You've got high-profile people. And I, I just... Like, we don't – us Republicans, the, the, the big supporters, like the celebrities and athletes that voted for Trump, they don't come out and try to say bad things about the left. They don't try to come out and talk about their family. They don't try to talk about, you know, all this unnecessary, you know, evil nonsense. It's like we can have disagreements. But De Niro, I mean, you've really lost your support, man. I'm going to tell you, you know, people may still watch your movies, but there's a lot of people that have turned you off. There's a lot of people that can't – you whenever you pop up in the headlines and you think that I get it you know you're, you're a huge movie star you've been in some of the biggest movies of all time you think that everything you say carries weight and has merit I, I, I disagree I mean I to, to that certain bubble to that certain crowd maybe but you're pissing off the everyday hard American worker because you know what in Hollywood you live in your own little separate bubble, 
section. You don't know what it's like to put food on, on the everyday family's table. Just like Wahlberg said, you know, celebrities need to shut up about politics. They don't know what it's like to be the everyday worker. They don't know what it's like to provide for a family. They live in their own little zone. Um, and, it, yeah, I mean, it's just like De Niro. I see him on CNN. I see him on MSNBC. I see him on all these wimpy shows. He was on The View the other day trying to say that he's a, he would be ashamed and disown his kids if they were Don Jr. and Eric. It, I, look, hear the shit he's saying. It's like, who says this? And then you got Joy Behar, the smelly feminist, the ignorant twat on there. You know, just, oh, my God, these people are stupid. They're so dumb. Then you got the hippo whale, Megan McCain. And then you got, oh, God, and you got Whoopi Goldberg, who's dumber than shit. I mean, how, how, do, how are these people still on the air? I don't want to get too off topic with the view. But, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, you know, we've come to a point where celebrities in to certain people, that's the most important voice for them. That's who they listen to without researching, you know, anything that the candidate stands for. If the celebrity endorses it, oh, we got to do it too. This is how some people live, and it's sad. There's a lot of dumb people in America. I'm not – I mean, admit it. I mean, there are. There's a lot. Sadly, we have a lot of uneducated people in this country that don't understand the founding fathers – they don't understand what the Constitution represents. They don't understand Western civilization. They're, they, but you know what? They don't, they don't know anything about that, but they know what celebrity just got a DUI. They know what celebrity just got married. I mean, people's priorities are so backwards. Like, what the hell? Um, okay, you know, this, this is something we've talked about on the show before, and I'm glad that they're putting a bill forward. But really, I mean, is a bill even necessary? This should just be common sense and decency, and humanity. But anyways, Tennessee, a bill in Tennessee would require uh, student athletes to compete based on their assigned birth gender. In other words, a chick with a dick and, you know, these trannies, it's not going to fly. You're not going to be able to participate in these sports. If you were born with a dick, then you participate with, in sports of, of, of dudes. You're born with a vagina. You participate in sports with women. What's so hard to understand? Why? Like, get with the program. I mean, get with the program, people. It's not hateful. It's not bigotry. It's, I mean, think about this. If you're born a man and then you transform into a woman, think about the advantage you have, the testosterone, all the things. Because in reality, men are stronger and more, you know, in certain ways, they, can, they have more of an advantage than women. So, you know, you, like I say, I can't be Michael Jordan. We can't all be equal. This whole equal, equality, bullshit agenda push is dangerous. It makes everybody think they can get a trophy, makes everybody think they can be whatever the hell they want, the hundred different genders crap. It's all nonsense. It is. And you have dudes with dicks, chicks with dicks, going into the bathroom with, with little girls. And that's supposed to be accepted. That's supposed to be normalized. And these sports, I mean, you have trannies winning titles in, in high school. In the, winning. Like a man that transformed into a woman and then goes into the woman's 
sport, sport, and then wins all these these awards and championships. God damn. I mean, if this was, you know, talked about 10 years ago or five years ago, everybody would have been looking at everybody like, what? We live in a new time. Um, I'm, yeah, this is just insane. It really is. Um, here's something. Here's something. And this, this goes into um, – what I talk about all the time, we're going to get into the big impeachment thing now, but, you know, I'm watching this. I'm watching the hearings today. I'm watching all the nonsense. I'm watching this. I mean, it's a circus. It's a Hollywood movie set. You've got no legitimate evidence, no sufficient cause, all hearsay, all opinions, all hurt feelings. You have violations by the Democrats at every single turn. It was just announced today in an article, House Democrats violated the First, the Fourth, the Fifth, and Sixth Amendment in this impeachment inquiry. That's right. They've played by their own rules. They've had their own secret meetings. They've limited time on certain Republicans, uh, you know, taking the floor. We've seen that where, you know, certain Democrats get more power and, and, you know, they, they, they... try to dismiss other people's voices and delegitimize them. It's bad. You have Nadler and Schiff who are saying that certain rules don't apply. I mean, what? And the Constitution, you know, and our founding fathers specifically state that impeachment is the last resort. It's about as divisive as it gets. It's, it's not something you can abuse and take out like it's a frickin' fashion statement or a trend. There ha- it has to be so severe. And the fact that everything's been cleared, you've had all these star witnesses who don't have a damn clue. One of the star witnesses was drinking wine during the call when he was supposed to have heard everything, but he doesn't recall anything. You have another witness who was eating. You have another witness who admitted he lied. You have other witnesses that said there was nothing wrong. The only closest thing you have is Sodland asking Trump, what do you want, Mr. President? And the president says, I want nothing, no quid pro quo. I mean, what else has to be said? Zelensky says the call was great. Um, you have Nancy Pelosi now and Chuck Schumer. Just keep fabricating the storyline. I mean, it's, it's bad. It's really bad. And they're, they're to a point where they don't care if the president is guilty or innocent. They want to take him down because they simply can't defeat him. He's giving power back to we the people, and all their special interests are diminishing. And look at the swamp being exposed over and over. I mean, this guy, is he's a miracle worker, President Trump. And it's totally a partisan coup. I mean, you have every Republican who's pretty much going to vote against it. You have Democrats leaving the party saying they can't, they can't support uh, a partisan witch hunt. I mean, how much more evidence and, and I mean, how much more vis- visible of a picture do you need to realize that this is a sham for the people in disbelief? I mean, you know what? And Trump sent a, sent a letter to Pelosi today stating and being very specific and being honest and straightforward how you're, you're really dividing the country. You're doing a great disservice. You're leading people the wrong way. This is wrong. 
And, uh, you know, we have to protect these presidents in the future because if this is going to be used as a, as a tool and they're going to weaponize their, their system, then it's going it's to keep, keep happening unless we stop it. We have to stop it. Presidents cannot be impeached simply because there's policy disagreements. And they, you know what? Think about what Nancy Pelosi said three years ago before this all happened. I mean, no, right after he got elected, I mean, she said the other day they've been trying to impeach him for three years. She admitted and reiterated and confirmed what we already knew. And this is big. FISA, the FISA courts came out today, and they slammed the FBI over the surveillance applications. Think about this. You have Comey, you have Adam Schiff, all these people over the weekend. I'm sure people saw the interview. But Comey comes out, tries to say, oh, oh, it's justified. It was necessary. It was needed. All, everything, all the nonsense. You know Comey. He, he, he's a victim, never takes any accountability. And then you have the FISA courts come out and say, no, none of this was justified. None of this is okay. It's totally wrong. Explain yourself. Send us a report. We want to see what really – I mean, after the IG thing came out, people are seeing. I mean, you have FISA now pissed off and wondering what the hell. You know, I don't know if this is a publicity stunt by FISA to cover, to, you know, to cover themselves. I don't know. Maybe they are serious. I mean, I, you know, when, when you see some of these headlines, you wonder. Because we've seen you know, these big headlines in the past, and we think it's some sort of smoking gun. We think something huge is going to happen. I I mean, we find out stuff, but I I think we get let down a little bit because I think we always think there's going to be a little more uh, exposed than there really is. But we'll see. I mean, I've got hope. Um, I I know Durham is really putting in investigation, and he's taking people down. He doesn't owe anybody anything, so he's not part of the deep state or anything. A.G. Barr has made it clear that the IG report was flawed, and there were many issues with it. Um, But, yeah, I mean, the fix was it. It was. And, uh, you know, I don't really trust Horowitz. Uh, he was assigned by Obama. And, um, you know, I'm seeing who Horowitz has been involved with, and it's, it's the establishment swamp. This entire, for, you know, and this, this is how it is. Um, but, yeah, and Giuliani, you know, Giuliani came out and on Yovanovitch, Yovanovitch, and he says that he forced her out, apparently. Uh, he's got evidence, supposedly, that she committed a bunch of fraudulent uh, crimes, and he's said he's going to present it. So we'll see. We'll see. So, I mean, now it makes sense. I mean, and you know what? I'm so sick of the uh, hysteria from the left. They'll find anything to get offended by, but they want to say, oh, you can't fire ambassadors. Oh, really? Obama fired all of Bush's ambassadors. I don't want to hear it. The double standards. I mean, you guys are ridiculous. You really are. Okay. uh, Let's go to, let's start with Todd. Todd, go ahead. Hey Roy, I gotta I gotta say Roy, you, you unpacked a lot of stuff there. Uh, I had a friend of mine who was on the uh, train today from New York to uh, D.C. with Nadler, and this guy I, I don't want to give the <laughs> name because I, I I haven't cleared it cleared it with him to use this, but uh, I saw on his Facebook page that you know he saw Nadler was on, was on the train with him, you know being being an a hole basically, and the next thing you know they're in like the snack car ordering some burgers or whatever, and Nadler ordered a burger or maybe ordered a cheeseburger or whatever it was but didn't want but didn't want cheese right so he, he goes off on the person serving him 
and, and says, you know, I, I said no cheese. Take the cheese off. And it was going off on this person who's basically trying to give him a burger. And, and the person had to basically say, sir, you need to calm down. And, and he, he flipped out on this person. You know, but this is a person who wants to pretend like he's of the people and, and it has the best interests of Americans at heart. But it's going to go off on somebody who's just trying to get, simply give him his meal. You know? So it, it's sad and it's disingenuous. And this is how they really treat people out there. If you know anybody who's actually been in, been in D.C. and it's all these people in action, you know, you'll know what I'm telling you is the truth. You know, this is how these people operate. Uh, and as far as you talk about Tennessee with, you know, with the transgender and, and those issues, uh, the state representative's name is Bruce Griffey, and he introduced that. I think he's going to introduce it in their next session in January. Um, you know, but I, I applaud that, and I think it'll pass uh, overwhelmingly here in Tennessee. You know, I, I've got I to ask the question, you know, when, when is it okay uh, for a male to all of a sudden decide, well, I want to be a female and compete as a woman? Can they do it just in, in one day? Can they, or, or does it have to be something, you know, that – that they that they've been transitioning for a period of time, you know, it, it's ridiculous to think, you know, somebody who can actually dominate in women's sports can just say, drop of the hat, oh, I want to be a woman today. Now all of a sudden you're competing as a woman, and you're you're all of a sudden winning gold medals and trophies and all this other stuff. Uh, you know, compete as the agenda that you that you were, you know, as at, at birth. You know, whatever you were assigned at birth, compete as that. And if you can't win, you can't win. Period. You know, practice, work harder, work out, whatever you got to do to make yourself better. And at the end of the day, you know, some people are going to be better at certain things than other people. You know, don't don't sit there and play this nonsense game. Uh, you know, if you're going to be a woman, go be a woman. Don't sit there and just pretend like it's okay to, to compete as a woman uh, whenever you're not. I mean, because you're doing women a true disservice. And the left tries to pretend like, oh, we're, we're looking out for women, we're looking out for transgender, we're looking out for all this. At the end of the day, you're really doing young girls a disservice and hurting them by ensuring that they can't they can no longer compete whenever you whenever you applaud stand up for that type of nonsense. But but anyway, his name was Bruce Griffey. I, I I urge everybody to kind of take a peek at him. Uh, he's introduced several great pieces of legislation over the past uh, few years. Uh, you know, as far as standing up for American and Tennesseans. Uh, so take a peek at him if you get a chance to. Absolutely, and I'm sure you got some other thoughts. What are you, what are your thoughts on some of the other stuff? Oh, you know, tomorrow. Well, we're going to find out tomorrow. I fly to DC tomorrow. I'll be I'll be up there for a few days, and I'm sure we're going to hear a few right. more things. Uh, Few, uh, some more insight. I got some meetings uh, scheduled. Uh, I don't want to say with who or where exactly, but some, I'll, I'll probably have some more insight. Uh, you know, maybe the next time we talk. Uh, but yeah. you, you know, it, it, this is certainly not a not a criminal investigation. It's not a cr- criminal proceeding. And the, the thing right. that they sit there and, and the two articles of impeachment that they brought up on Trump, it's like, you know, first off, there's a separation of powers. There's the executive branch, there's the judicial branch, and there's a the legislative branch. The president has yeah. the right to tell people tell people you know they can't testify and, and invoke executive privilege. And the president, regardless of Republican or Democrat, should have that right. You know, at the end of the day, if you think about this, in the future. Is the president going to ever have to be able to have a private conversation with any advisor, whether it's their chief of staff, national security advisor, uh, you know, a counselor to the president, or their own attorney? Are they going to be able to have, the, have these uh, you know, conversations or other heads of state? Uh, if not, you know, the, the legislative branch is going to be able to, at a drop of a hat, want to know what's going on you know, in these meetings, or they're going to want to have their own ombudsman in these, these meetings. Uh, and the next thing you know, you know, the executive branch can no longer work at that point. The president can no longer be commander in chief. Can no, no longer make life and death decisions because everything's going to be scrutinized the next day on, on the front of the, you know the Washington Post, Washington Times, or or in Congress. You know, the president should have every right to, to invoke executive privilege. And you know the things that they're going to try to impeach him on would never have been an issue had they not tr- already tried to impeach him whenever they he, he became uh, president elect back in uh, you know November 2016. 
it's 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 pathetic, and it's it's a game that they've been playing for way too long. And whenever you have members of Congress that ran on, you know, quote unquote, impeach the MFR, uh, you know, I won't use the actual word, but impeach the MFR, and then them to try to play the game of, oh no, we're not, we, we want to you know get the facts out there. We know we're about the facts in the process, which which is absolutely ridiculous. The House has been. You know, completely about things that they've made up have run roughshod across the Republicans, and now Schumer wants to come out the next yesterday and talk about process and, and facts and, and witnesses and all this stuff. You know, whenever they've been, whenever they've not been about that the entire time thus far. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And you know, we we look at this, and in any other court setting, this would have been dismissed a long time ago. There's nothing. There is no merit, right. and. There's like no end game here. I don't see the end game. I mean, because we saw Mitch McConnell say today, it's going to get dismissed right away when it gets to the Senate. And then what, what are the constituents going to do? How are they going to react when they see all these politicians spend all this hateful energy on trying to impeach the president and they're unsuccessful? I mean, it's such a waste. Uh, it, it absolutely is. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. And all the things that they could have gotten done, you know, working together in some bipartisan manner to get certain things done. But, you know, now what, what they're going to run, run, run into is, you know, there's no, there's no budget. And so by Friday, the, the, the government runs out of money. So they're going to push through another, you know, however many trillion dollars of, uh, you know, a, uh, you know, a, a, a stopgap, if you were to get us through to the end of the fiscal year of September of next year. Uh, so you think about that, trillions of dollars that nobody has, has seen where the money's going, where it's coming from. Uh, you know, so, so more wasteful money, more debt uh, piled onto the American citizens uh, that we're, we're never going to know where the money's really going to go go to because it's, it's just so much in this, uh, that everyday Americans can't really go through and dissect exactly where things are being spent. Uh, so, so many things that they've dropped the ball on. You know, the Democrats could have worked with, with on prescription uh, drug prices. You know, they could have worked on some sort of realistic uh, immigration reform. You know, I'm sure there was probably some sort of give and take that could have went on there. Uh, you know, Republicans in the House probably could have, could have negotiated something so President Trump can get a win and Democrats could get a win, but they did nothing on that. And so President Trump has to go and use executive action, take money from the defense budget, and use it in a, in a different manner than it was intended for in the first place to try to build the wall like he promised, which I applaud, by the way. Uh, you know, but at the end of the day, these are things that the Democrats could have easily gotten done. So now you have Democrats that are switching parties. You have some Democrats that are going to vote on you know one article but not on the other article. Uh, you have some Democrats that that may you know kind of look at the the, the vote tally, uh, especially those Democrats that are in House seats that, that President Trump won, and they, they may say, you know what, it's okay for me to go ahead and, and vote uh, against impeachment because the Democrats already have the votes as it is. So that way I can save face whenever I go back to my own district uh, next year and, and ask for a reelection. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if you have some more Democrats that kind of jump ship at the last minute uh, after they know that they've secured the votes uh, in the House anyway. No, I agree. No, I agree. I hear I, 100%. And, you know, you, you're absolutely right. And I'm glad you, you, you mentioned about how our government just wastes all this money. I mean, I, I was reading a report about a week ago on some of the things they spend money on it, and you can't even fathom or, or – comprehend it, like the stupidity. I mean, they waste taxpayer dollars on some of the most useless nonsense you could ever, I mean, stuff that makes no sense. Yeah, no, no sense at all whatsoever. And if you went through line by line and looked at it, you know, uh, you know, they'll, they'll title it something and you'll say, oh, well, that, that makes sense. But you won't actually see the description of what that thing really is. 
So if you actually read into right. so, something that, you know, on a line by line, if you will, you may, it may say something, you know, uh, you know anti-nuclear proliferation, you know, in, in North Korea. Oh, okay, well, I support that. But really that's going to support some sort of turtle reproduction research in North, uh, New, New Mexico or something. You know, it's, it's, they can label these things whatever they yeah. want to, but, the, you know, the details are what the American people are never going to see because American people don't have time to go and dig through this stuff. They're too busy living their lives, you know, and, and raising their families and, and being good taxpayers, uh, you know, and doing, doing the right things uh, on, on a daily basis. Uh, while members of Congress are up there just mucking it up and continuing to be the swamp, uh, you know, and, and the thing is, you know, Donald Trump was elected on drain the swamp and things that even Democrats in, in my, my area here in northeast Tennessee uh, voted for yeah. him or at least supported the idea of drain the swamp. Uh, you know, right. and at the end of the day, Demo- Democrats and good old Republicans that have been around for way too long, especially the Republicans that, you know, have been there for a decade or more, see that, you know, Donald Trump has some good coattails, so they jump on it. You know, but these people are part of the swamp, part of the problem, and these are the ones that continue to vote for, for you know, one. $1.2, $1.4 trillion or whatever it is, and instead of actually getting together and trying to, trying to pass a budget and hammer out good legislation for the American people. Uh, you know, so whenever you go to polls next year, uh, you know, and, and, and you have to do this in the primaries. Th- those incumbent Republicans that are part of the problem that have been around for way too long, that basically should be either in a rest home or, or you know, sitting on a front porch with a guy's glass of lemonade next summer. Uh, don't vote for those folks. Send them home and say enough of you guys. We're draining the swamp, R- regardless if they're Republican or Democrat. You know, the, you guys are part of the problem. Vote for younger pe- younger folks that are out there trying to make make a difference in, in society, and you know, vote for a lot of veterans who are running for Congress or state rep or state senate, what have you. You know, get those folks involved, and it's not your your country is lost. You know, we're twenty three trillion plus dollars in debt. Uh, you know, we we have no no real border security. You're talking about people getting illegals getting driver's license and so forth. You know, what happens whenever they start killing people? You know, you know by the hundreds, by the thousands, or whatever. They're gonna they're gonna be fine because they get escaped back to their home countries, uh, and and they're never never gonna be found again. Uh, you know, so we have to look out for Americans first, and that's Americans of all racial stripes, of of all religions, of of all ethnicities, you know, of, of all of, of all backgrounds, you know, regardless of where you came from originally. Look look out for American citizens first, and that's what America First is all about. It's not about you know white males from the South or white Republicans. It's completely ridiculous and asinine, and and I think a lot of folks are waking up to it. If you look at the poll numbers with African Americans and Hispanic Americans, they're seeing what the heck the reality is. And you know I was listening to Sean Hannity earlier, and I'll, I'll shut up after this one. Sean Hannity was talking about you know. Don, Donald Trump isn't the traditional Republican. I think people should realize that. And he's not necessarily the traditional conservative either. Donald Trump is his own thing. And it's all about putting – it absolutely is. He's a Trumplican. He's about putting the country first, and that's what we should all be about. You know, If you're a congressional, member of Congress, member of the House of Representatives, you should be about your district first. If you're a member of the Senate, you right. should be about your state, your state first. Uh, and, and collectively, yeah. the country first, and before anything else. And then that's I'll shut up on that one there, Rory. No, very, very well said. No, absolutely. I agree 100%. Uh, Todd, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rory. Absolutely. Um, let's go to – I've got a lot of people on the line. We've got a lot of guests to get to, I understand. Stay, everybody stay put. I'm, I'm doing the best I can. It's a busy night. I do want to go to, though, right now – Let's go to former Massachusetts State Director for the Trump campaign, Dean Cavarada. Dean, go ahead, man. Your thoughts on everything. Rory, how are you tonight? It's great to be back on. And, uh, boy, uh, your conversation tonight's firing me up. 
Um, <laughs> I, I was thinking about all the issues that you've been talking about uh, earlier tonight and how it's great to have a strong president that's leading and not following like uh, President Obama did. And uh, whether it's illegal immigration or uh, foreign policy, it's nice to have a strong executive that's going to be bold with his vision, who's going to uh, uh, follow the rule of law and have clear rules on illegal immigration and then, you know, trying to create a system where we have legal immigration. What's happening with these driver's licenses is basically a situation where you're inviting more legal activity because of the, uh, the sanctuary city policies that the liberals are coming up with to, uh, you know, encourage more people to come in an improper fashion. And so one mistake leads on, on, on top of another. And uh, 2016, elections have consequences, uh, Rory, and electing Donald Trump has really turned the tide on a lot of these issues. And boy, uh, if uh, your conversation is any indication, 2020 is even more important in electing people uh, down the ballot that support these policies like your, like your guests here and uh, getting Donald Trump reelected and uh, working our tails off like we did last time. So, you know, I'm encouraged. I think people are finally getting it. Uh, one of the other speakers mentioned something about reaching out to young people and trying to turn the narrative, which gets difficult because of uh, the liberal uh, lock on a lot of our media outlets. But boy, your, your show and other alternative media is getting the word out. Social media gets the word out. And uh, I'm, I'm optimistic, cautiously optimistic about uh, people waking up and leaving the Democratic Party. And this impeachment scam is just another example of it. They can't beat them at the ballot box, so they're going to try to do it with impeachment and kind of thumb their nose at the American people when you consider the fact that the election is, uh, you know, about a year away. So uh, we got to work like heck. Uh, people here in Massachusetts are helping uh, some good candidates in New Hampshire. We have people coming out of the woodwork here uh, to stop some of these Pelosi lieutenants because they really get to Congress and do nothing but enrich themselves. And so uh, we're fighting here in the trenches and, uh, I really uh, wish the best for your, your candidates who have called in tonight. Yeah, Dean, very well said. Absolutely. And uh, your thoughts on everything else. I'm sure you got some thoughts on everything I said. Well, you know, uh, uh, the other issue that, that you mentioned earlier that really uh, resonated with me is when you talked about uh, North Korea and how we have uh, President Trump uh, he knows that the way he's carried himself in the presidency is being watched by other world leaders. And so whether it's trade policy, whether it's uh, getting uh, other NATO countries to contribute more to their national defense or dealing with uh, the Middle East or dealing with, with uh, North Korea, that these world leaders are watching Trump in action. So while an issue may not be germane to what their country's going through, uh, how the American president deals with other world leaders on the world stage has a ripple effect. And so I think you're seeing that with North Korea. So if Trump is strong in one area of his presidency, that has a direct impact on his policies uh, in North Korea. So he's walking the walk and talking the talk, and North Korea knows that they can only uh, get so far with Donald Trump if they veer off uh, what they've done so far with the peace talk. So uh, your listeners need to understand that, that the, the American presidency is much more than uh, uh, the president showing up at the State of the Union, that how he carries himself every day has a direct impact uh, on how the, uh, the rest of the world perceives us. So 
Uh, I'm fired up. I, you know, we're here in the Northeast. We're having a snowstorm tonight, Rory, but uh, I'm out here. Uh, I want to uh, take the hill, so to speak, and get get to work tomorrow. <laughs> I hear, I hear you, Dean. And so, what what do you what do you make of, you know, just the all the I mean, you live you live in you live in Massachusetts. I mean, is the is the city of Boston, you know, is the liberal policies drowning it and ruining it like it, they are in my home city of Seattle and L.A. and Chicago and New York? Yeah, the the short answer, Rory, is yes, unfortunately, because it's so lopsided in terms of uh, the voices right. that are out there. You know, maybe right. the academic world and the college campuses has an impact. But when you look at right. our state as a whole, it's more purple. So uh, while the cities are unfair fights, uh, Massachusetts as a whole is a lot less liberal than a lot of people think. Um, even right. though, you know, Boston's our capital city. So, yeah, uh, the city policies, uh, you know, our party's got to do a much better job over the long haul of reaching out to different voters, reaching out to the minority right. community, doing what Donald Trump yeah. has done at a national level, but on a local level to the African-American community. And the first step yeah. on our side of the aisle is to show up and campaign everywhere. And I'm happy to say that I think we're starting to learn and do that finally and, and give the other side of the story. Uh, and that's half the battle is showing up. Uh, we've had uh, some of our, our activists run for city council and, 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 and go go for town boards. And uh, we have to yeah. encourage that and continue that and build the farm team. Absolutely. And um, I know I, I love it. I love everything you're doing. And, you know, you, you worked for Trump and you've worked for the campaign. And what, what, let me ask you this. What, what are the chances? And I, and I'm not, you know, I, I, I bet it's a little far fetched, but, that Trump went, could win Massachusetts. Well, I mean, he uh, he he's going to do very well because I don't I don't think any of the uh, the presidential candidates are catching fire yet. Uh, people know Elizabeth Warren. Uh, she she just ran for the U.S. Senate again on re-election, and she should have stuck to her day job. Um, he didn't campaign here last time. It was all the focus was on New Hampshire and, and Maine, um, but. Uh, we are entering uncharted territory with this impeachment, and uh, the largest flock of voters, even in Massachusetts, Rory, is unenrolled or independent voters. They make up uh, close to 55% of the electorate. So the Democratic Party is losing voters in our state. It's our job to get the other side, campaign everywhere, even in the urban centers and cities, and, 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 and start to rebut these ridiculous policies. And like we talked last time, our county sheriffs are doing that throughout our state. There's no reason that other activists and other Republicans who run for office can't do the same. Right, right. And and speaking of Pocahontas, do you think she's going to be the nominee? I'm sorry, say that again? Speaking of Pocahontas, do you think she'll be the nominee for the Democratic Party? Will she be the nominee? Uh, I don't know. A lot of uh, Some of my colleagues have suggested that she might be the VP candidate. Uh, New Hampshire is very important for her. So uh, between Sanders and Buttigieg and Biden, how she ends up in New Hampshire, I think, will impact her ability to carry it forward. Um, right. So my guess, my first, uh, my first uh, gut feeling is telling me that she's not going to make it in the top tier for presidential, but she might be on the short list for VP. Very, and actually, okay. from a tactical okay. point of view, Corey, that's going to be helpful to us because if she's on the national ticket in some fashion, we can get the real story out on her and expose her, particularly in New Hampshire, uh, where we can flip that in the Electoral College. Right. And you know what I found baffling is that she, she came out 
I think it was last week, and some, you know, it was like a town hall or something, and some supporter confronted her about her lying about being Native American, and she apologized, and she basically admitted she was wrong, but the media was nowhere to be found. Of course, they're not, like, you know, the mainstream media protects these people. It's disgusting. If it was a Republican, it would be headline news everywhere. Headline news everywhere. Um, she she perpetuated fraud and, and, and a lot of, uh, you know, falsehoods in, in, in her reelection for the Senate. Uh, but luckily, that's in the public realm this time. So we have uh, a lot of fraud on her for the for the national. Uh, and, you know, people are getting from uh, luckily uh, many sources. And so even here we can get the word up. Um, and, and so I'm cautiously optimistic about that. But you, yeah, a lot of yeah. these candidates, if they were running as Republicans, they wouldn't get past the first day of the election. Right, right. No, absolutely. And what do you got? What are you working on? What's coming up for you? What's some of the new projects? Uh, well, our our, uh, our governing elections for the state party are coming up on the same day as the presidential primary. So uh, I'm trying to help candidates that are supporting the president and our new chairman, Jim Lyons, at the state level. And as you know, we talked last time, I'm running for the state committee in my, my region of the state, uh, and we're going to be on the ballot at the same time as the presidential primary on March 3rd. So I'm asking people to check out my website, CavarettaForMass.com. That's C-A-V-A-R-E-T-T-A, uh, ForMass.com, and uh, follow me on Twitter at DeanCav. Excellent, excellent. Well, Dean, it's, it's always a pleasure, my friend. Stick around if you can. Uh, if not, we'll talk, we'll talk to you again soon. Um, and I was, I was going to ask you real quick before, uh, before I, uh, God, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. I love Massachusetts, man. I love Boston. I, I love visiting there. It's a great, great place. You know, uh, I'm very Irish. So, you know, it's a very Irish place and, you know, I love sports and I, I love the history and, uh, the neighborhoods. I mean, it's just so, it's so cool. There's a lot to do in Boston and, you know, so many, so many different um, historic monuments for sure. Well, and we're, I, you know, we're a good walking city. We're 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 pretty uh, condensed compared to New York. So when you come, uh, you can hit the uh, the North End and then and then hop on our T and, and and get to the other parts of the city and hit, check out the colleges. But um, uh, we're not as spread out as New York, and uh, hopefully we're going right. to win more championships as them over the long haul. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, I'm a big Boston sports guy, and you know, I I just love I love the culture. I just love the accents, I love the personalities. It's all best, Dean. Well, uh, we like we love our sports, and, and, and politics is a combat sport for us. It's a it's a collision right. sport. Right. So uh, yeah, uh, we just got to field more conservatives, uh, and not all these liberals running for president. So we got to balance it out over time. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, Dean. Always a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Rory. Talk to you soon. All righty. Um, let's go to, let's go to Josh Barnett and running for Congress in Arizona, my friend. I'm sure you got a lot of thoughts on some of the stuff I said, so go ahead. Floor is yours. Uh, thanks, Rory. Yeah, actually, as, as you guys are talking, I parked a little bit closer to where the protest was and, uh, it looks like it's kind of slowly dissolving. I see, uh, my, my crew of, uh, Trump flags walking behind me now. So it looks like it's over here, but, um, it was um, it was interesting. You know, I I went around and I was on Twitter. If you go on my Twitter at Barnett for AZ, uh, I was asking people nicely, you know, give me one give me one reason, one one example of uh, the reason why the president should be impeached, and not one person could give me a legitimate answer. I heard 
racist, he's a homophobe, he's sexist. <laughs> I heard Russian collusion, and with a straight face, they honestly believe that. Um, and I heard the one lady said, I just don't like him. And I told her, well, that's not impeachable. So, you know, I heard abuse of power. And then I would always follow up with specifically what? What abuse of power specifically? No one could answer me, of course. And then it turned into he was a homophobe and a racist thereafter. Um, you know, the I, I had a guy that was in front of me. He had a, had a big sign that said, rule of law, impeach Trump. And um, and it, I, I found it funny because we all know how lopsided the rules of impeachment were. And, and not going through the courts for subpoenas, um, you know, uh, you know, no Republican witnesses, no White House counsel, um, evidence being withheld, you know, from the Republicans by Schiff. We had no right to cross-examine without an eruption by Schiff. Uh, you know, the Schiff made up the phone call. Uh, no whistleblower testimony, no fact witnesses. Uh, it's all hearsay opinions, and I call it haterick, which is uh, hate and rhetoric combined for me. <laughs> so, you know, that's all we heard the entire time I was out here. Um, you know, just basically the willfully ignorant, you know, I, I almost feel sorry for them for being so misinformed and, and unable to put their like out of control emotions, um, aside to see facts and the truth. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm somewhat used to it now with these people, you know, the, 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 they truly are like the party of projection and hate. Um, I did talk to the local news channel here, ABC and CBS, uh, and the minute I started, uh, talking with them, I was circled by a bunch of liberal jackals uh, chanting nonsense the entire time, so it was kind of difficult to hear and speak. But uh, next time, I'm going to bring my friends, and uh, that won't happen again like that. <laughs> Rory, if you've ever seen any of my friends, you know that won't happen. Um, to go off of some of this other stuff you were talking about, um, you know, we all know now that Spygate happened. We've known this for years, but it's official. Horowitz admitted it, uh, that the Trump campaign was being spied on. Uh, you know, the one thing that I'm disappointed in so far is we, we heard some tough talk today, some tough rhetoric uh, from the FISA courts um, in regard to that. But the problem is, you know, I, I, I don't want to see – yeah, I mean, I want to see stuff that the FBI fixed so this never happens again. But we need people held accountable, and I'm not going to be satisfied with just a little slap on the wrist and say, don't do that again. That that's that's not gonna that's not gonna fly with me, and it shouldn't fly to any American in this country. Uh, you know, you discuss the voter ID, or excuse me, that you know the driver's licenses uh, being handed out in New York, New Jersey, California does it. Heck, even Arizona does it here. You know, and, and until we have voter ID, and I've been saying this repeatedly for a long time now, I don't feel we'll ever have a fair election until we have voter ID in this country. And, and handing out these driver's licenses like candy is a prime example of what I'm talking about. Um, you know, it's, it's funny you bring up, you know, uh, the people that, you know, people risk their lives to come here. But no one ever flees capitalism to go to a socialist country. You know, and, and these people, you know, they, they want to get rid of our system of freedom and capitalism and a free market and, and a democracy or actually a constitutional republic. And it, it's really amazing to me that the mindset to think to think that way. You know, it's 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 truly an attack on our democracy and on our constitutional republic here in the U.S. And like I've said before, and I told you, Rory, um, you know, I really feel and I truly feel that Barr and Durham are going to be the ones that can save our constitutional republic. Um, it's going to be it's going to be truly up to them because until these people are held accountable, and I'm talking arrested and thrown in jail for their actions, it's never going to stop. It's actually only going to get worse, and that's just how I feel about it. 
uh, you brought up Doug Ducey, um, you know, our Governor Ducey, the red flag laws and the refugees. You know, we've had ISIS in Tucson captured. You know, we have illegal immigrants costing this state $2.1 billion a year. It's like, when does it end, people? Like, when, when does common sense just kick in and be like, you know, we should probably control our borders. We probably shouldn't accept any more refugees. We already have a big enough problem here that we need to address before we do anything to help anybody else. And, you know, I like Ducey's pro-business policies and a lot of stuff he's done in that regard. But some of this other stuff, you know, I'm not I'm not too happy with. And I, I, as I know you are too, Rory, you know, you're not too happy with that as well. Um, you know, uh, when you brought up the, the, uh, the people in sports, I played some college football. And, you know, let's, there's two genders. There's only two genders. Women should compete with women and men should compete with men. I don't even know why we're even discussing this. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense to me why this is even a question or even a discussion about or even a debate. Um, you know, actually, my Instagram got shadow banned for a long time for speaking out about men, um, you know, saying that they're women and going into locker rooms at EOS Fitness here in Phoenix. They had a new policy to allow that to happen because they're so, you know, they're, they're so caring about everybody's feelings. Um, and I was, I'm completely against it, you know. And uh, so I got a shadow ban from that from Instagram uh, for quite a while. But, um, I mean, let's, let's just stop the nonsense. I mean, where's all the feminists and all these women's rights people when it comes to this? Because they're literally ruining women's sports. It's unbelievable what they're doing, and nobody really says anything about it, at least from a, a, a women's feminist standpoint. I don't hear a lot of people fight. Navratilova came out a little bit and spoke about it, and they jumped, they jumped all down her throat about it. So it's really the, the, the hypocrisy is amazing to me. Um, you know, there's a few things, you know, that we know that did happen. We know there was no quid pro quo. There was no aid withheld in exchange for anything. And Ukraine never knew it was being withheld before the July 25th call. And we all know the president has his constitutional right to executive privilege, and he has a right to due process. I don't know why that is so difficult to understand that the president has a right to due process and what the house Democrats was doing was not only completely unfair, but unconstitutional. And it's amazing to me that, that these Democrats can't see it. Or I think they see it, but they just, they just hate Trump so much. They just want to ignore it. But it, it's really, it's, it's really unbelievable the division in this country right now. And um, it was clearly shown tonight on the corner here of 24th street Camelback. Um, you know, they're setting a very dangerous precedent. Uh, what the House Dems are doing. But with that being said, I do hope Ruben Gallego and all his Democrat comrades vote for the impeachment tomorrow. When it goes to the Senate, we all know it's going to happen. It's going to, we're going to call witnesses. We can drop the hammer on them if need be. And I really, really hope that McConnell and Graham use this as a way to expose the corruption because I'm big on that, and, and I've been very open about I cannot stand the corruption in our government. And that's from both sides. There's some rhinos in there, some rhino Republicans that are equally corrupt. And I want it exposed, and I want them out. And, and, and a lot of this right now is just it's going towards the Democrats with Schumer, with, with, uh, with how they're handling this, and with, with Schiff, with Pelosi, with Nadler, with, um, with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, the real quid pro quo with Joe Biden. Um, his son making money in China, making money in, in there. Then they were talking about the money being laundered through Latvia and through Cyprus and all this stuff that Rudy Giuliani and Chanel Ryan of OANN is figuring all this stuff out right now and collecting evidence and, and actual proof 
of what's going on. So it's just a matter of time before this, these facts come out and we get our day in court with the Senate and with the Republicans there to really get rid of this corruption that's been going on far too long. Um, and another thing, too, just to top it off, Nad- Nadler, Nadler does not need to be eating cheeseburgers. Nadler, <laughs> Nadler needs to be eating chicken salad. He needs to be chicken salads, you know what I mean? And, and uh, he definitely doesn't need cheese. Where that guy, um, I mean, he's falling asleep at the yeah. table. I mean, come on. It's, it's ridiculous. It's a sham. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, yeah, he's nodding off. They showed him on TV nodding off. I mean, could you imagine if that's a Republican? But no, no. Did they cover for this guy as much as possible? Yeah, it's unbelievable. It really is. It's ridiculous. You know, and, and Pelosi, she's drunk all the time. I mean, these people, Max, Mad Maxine Waters, I mean, it just it goes on and on. These are Looney Tunes, Adam Schiff, the pencil neck. Jesus Christ. I mean, how many losers, yeah. how many more losers can they get? I know. I, you know, Schiff's one of those guys, he's one of those people you look at, and you just you get annoyed looking at him immediately. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, before, looks like a before he even talks, I'm like, scary looking. yeah, I, I just – before he even talks, I, I'm, I'm already annoyed. I don't. It's the type of guy I wouldn't even speak to. <laughs> so, but um, you know, and then, and then you know, as we know, he's a sociopath, and along with Comey and all this other sociopaths, and they need to be held accountable. Like I said, until they're held accountable, this will never stop. It'll only get worse. Right. And and really, our 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 republic is in the hands of Varn Zerm right now. Yeah, it's true. It's absolutely true. Um, always very well said, Josh. Thank you. Stay with us. We've got a lot more to get into tonight. Thank you, Roy. Absolutely. Um, let me go to – let's go to uh, Dr. Dwayne Henning in Ohio running for U.S. Congress. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Rory. How are you tonight? Doing very well. I'm sure you got a lot of thoughts. Go ahead. Well, you know, I missed part of it because I had that call to be on. Um, but I tell you what, the part that I heard, it, you know, uh, it was very well described um, exactly what the liberals are today, just very pathetic. Uh, you know, everything they do, whether you're talking about the transgender issues, uh, the transgender athletes, yeah. um, you know, to, you know, you, you just name it. Uh, they are just well, well over the edge. Um, and, and, you know, it's time we start to rein this all back in. It's time we start bringing a little bit of common sense back into our government. Uh, time we start letting the people have the government back. Um, you know, we're we're a, a republic that's set up where we're supposed to have self-governance, and self-governance right. means that we have to govern ourselves very well. And and you know, it's, the problem is we've actually become a culture that's dependent upon a government, and that's what the government wants. They want people that are dependent on them. And, you know, unfortunately, when you're dependent on the government, that means they make the rules for you. And, and, and so for some people, that's okay. For me, that's not okay. Uh, you know, and I think we just need to get back in control. I mean, you, you look at the impeachment with what's going on. Um, I've said from day one that this is just a sham. It's been a sham from the beginning. It was a sham when it, everything started out with, you know, before he was actually even took office, it was a sham from the day he won to, until now. You know, and, and we knew he wasn't going to get a break for this whole thing with the Democrats. Uh, the, the sad thing is, the first two years, we had another rhino that was in office by the name of Paul Rhino. You know, Paul Ryan. You know, <laughs> he, he just um, really dropped the ball for the Republicans. You know, and it's like I, I didn't really expect much more out of him, just like uh, Mitt Romney. Um, you know, a couple that uh, aren't real high on my list. 
You know, and those are people that, you know, we need to keep out of the offices. Uh, We need to start educating people. We need to get people mobilized out within society to understand that, hey, you know, it is your job to elect the proper officials. And, you know, I hear it all the time, people saying that, well, you know, my vote really don't matter. Well, your vote matters, but if if you don't vote, guess what? It doesn't, you know, uh, how you get your point across if you don't vote. Um, You know, I was just talking with a a pastor yesterday um, and that's looking at supporting us. And, you know, it's about time the church, uh, you know, pastors and stuff are starting to wake up and realize that they should be part of politics. You know, that they should actually be uh, um, helping spread the word and helping get the job done. Uh, about 25% of Christians across our country actually vote. Um, that, that's a scary thought. You know, we need more than that out there voting. Uh, you, want, you want to have a moral society, you want to have a moral government, then get out and vote. Help shape this nation. You know, you just look at, uh, you know, it, it, just a lot of the different issues. And it's, it's, it's a scary time. It's a time that, you know, you just don't know what's up and what's down at times. Uh, but we've got to keep the faith, and we've got to keep the fight, and we've got to keep going after them and making sure that we're getting you know, the word out. Uh, you know, I was at the, um, the Trumbull County GOP office here uh, in Warren, Ohio and, uh, today for a couple hours and uh, saw about six to eight people come in that are Democrats that are saying, hey, we are voting a straight Republican ticket this next time. So that's encouraging. That's encouraging because, you know, I'm in a pretty highly Democrat area, and, you know, every day this is what we're seeing at the offices. You know, all over our district, people coming in and saying, hey, we're not voting Democrat ever again, not when they're going to act like this. So, you know, that tells me uh, what the American people are thinking. They know what's up with this impeachment. And then you got some that are just extreme nuts that just don't understand it. Um, but that's okay. You know, I think there's enough that understand it. And I think uh, in 2020, Trump's going to win. I think we're going to take the House back, and I think we're going to take it back uh, by a good number. And, and that is where we need to be. We need to get this back on track. I love it. I love it. Very well said. I, I agree. Um, always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, everybody, uh, stay with us. We're going to take a quick commercial. And uh, we will be right back. This is the Rory Sodder Show. It's a beautiful night. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless absence every night, 9 p.m. to close. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. 
I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse harder blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaceSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind-the-scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert. 
to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. And we are back, the Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. Everybody, it's a beautiful night. we got a lot going on. I do want to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us, very excited. We have best-selling author and tech guru, uh, Kevin D. Miller. Kevin, how are you? Welcome. I'm good, Rory. How are you doing tonight, man? Doing very well. Uh, great to have you here. Uh, first time on the show. And like I do with all my yeah. guests when they first come on, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, how, how you got to where you are. I know you've done a, quite a few impressive things in your life. Uh, tell us. I, I'm excited. Sure, man. Yeah, no, sure. I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, gosh, I'll try to shorten it down, man, because I've done so many things. But uh, anyway, um, I'm an Air Force veteran. I, sp- I spent eight years in the Thank United States Air Force serving this wonderful country, yes. Um, I have a degree in uh, electronical engineering and a degree in IT because I became a, um, I was an engineer for a while, and uh, then I became a, a web developer a few years back. And I, and I actually worked for the city of Peoria in Arizona as their web developer. Um, I grew up in Tempe. I uh, went to school there. I'm currently living in uh, L.A. because i got two young daughters who are actually act, acting out here. I'm actually driving back from an audition for my youngest daughter. Uh, she, she just auditioned for a commercial. So, um, and then I, then, um, you know, I spent some time learning about my family history, basically, and that's why I became an author, because I kind of uncovered an incredible story um, of my family's that kind of, kind of took us by surprise, and and I learned my last name really isn't the All-American Miller, it's actually the very Polish Puchalski. (laughs) Oh, wow. So, um. Yeah, so so and we got some newspaper articles. Uh, my uncle was at a funeral, and uh, some cousins handed him some papers a, a few years back, some old newspapers. And he said, and they said, you, you might want to read these. And when we looked at them, what it was is it, we, it uncovered a scandal um, that my grandfather had actually kept to himself his entire life and took to his grave. He's actually the one that changed our name back in 1920, and, and he did it to kind of protect his family, protect us and the generations to come from this scandal that happened. His father was murdered in his sleep on, on their farmhouse in Southington, Ohio, back in 1920. And his mother was tied and gagged and bound, and uh, it was said that they were robbed of $600 by some men. They sent my grandfather, who was 12 at the time, to the sheriff's office to fetch the sheriff and come back. And an investigation ensued, and these newspaper articles kind of chronicled that story. And the story kind of takes some really bizarre twists and turns and unexpected twists and turns. And and my uh, my grandfather and his siblings end up, in, a, in an orphanage in 1920 in Warren, Ohio. So um, there's a lot going on there, and, and it just finding these newspaper articles intrigued me so much, and I wanted to learn so much about this and learn about my family, as painful as the truth was. And I just, once I learned that much more about my grandfather, what an incredible man he was, um, you know, I had to write this book, Heart of Steel. I love it. I love it. And yeah. so tell everybody exactly about this book because I know it's getting a lot of good uh, feedback and yeah. you're getting a lot of good responses. Sure. And it's, it's, quite, it's quite the story. 
Sure. You know what, Rory? It's got everything, man. I mean, it's it's based on a true story of my grandfather, like I just kind of went over there. And what it is, it's got murder mystery at the beginning. It's got a big murder mystery for people who like murder mystery. It's got uh, speakeasies and gangsters. It's got it's a family drama. It's got an orphanage drama. It has an actual love story, too, because my grandfather, uh, in the last part of the book, he meets my grandmother, who is uh, who is Irish. You know, I, I know you're, uh, you're a little bit Irish there. And and through 223 and me, I learned that I was 39% Polish and about 40% Irish. I'm, I'm sure that comes from my grandma. But the book itself, it's got a lot to offer people. And I'm getting a lot of uh, feedback from readers that are just, are just, you know, saying, you know, that they really were touched by the story. You know, they're, they're, they're like, I cried, I laughed, you know, I, I felt a, a, the emotion of Stanley's, you know, tribulations. And they kind of lived the story through his eyes. And they wanted to learn more. And I've got a website, heartofsteelbook.com, that's got a lot more information about the story on it. And it's got links to Amazon and Barnes and & Nobles where, where you can actually purchase the book. I've also got a link on there, too, where you can purchase an autographed copy if, if you would like that as well. But heartofsteelbook.com, you can check it out and, and learn a lot more about the story. But it's getting a lot of um, attention in the media. You know, it's getting a lot of uh, great reviews and such. And uh you know, I'm just really excited to get it out there, and I, and I really, I really enjoy hearing from uh, readers, people who read the story, and 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 it makes me feel good because it's kind of an inspirational story. You know, it's one of those stories that we don't have a lot of these days because you know, here's this kid that's 12, 13 years old, and he's got this impossible, you know. Uh, impossible life to overcome and he finds a way to do it he finds a way to to, to take care of his family and and fight through adversity you know and uh and and that's why it's called heart of steel because he he definitely had a heart of steel yeah wow it's that's it's quite it's quite something and you know tell it tell us about your time in the military i know you were in the military for a while and you probably sure. experienced quite a bit yeah, yeah. I spent eight years in the military. I was actually in um, in the late 70s through the early 80s. Uh, so I, I spent I was an electronic uh, technician in the military in the in the Air Force. I spent time at uh, at Grand Forks Air Force Base, North Dakota, which is a kind of cold I don't ever want to experience again in my life. But uh, but a beautiful state, man. Wonderful fishing and hunting and stuff up there to do. And but it's a little too cold for me. I spent some time at Lubbock, Texas, in uh, the panhandle of the, the you know the awesome state of Texas. And uh, spent some time in Mississippi. And and uh, you know I I had a great time. I, I got uh, you know the Uncle Sam paid for my first uh, you know degree in uh, in the military. And then I got out in about '85 and and went to work for Motorola. So I, I've got some great memories and, and made a lot of great friends that I, I still talk to now and then and hook up with from the military. And what what was this process of writing the book? How hard was it to use every exact detail, use every exact you know thing so you didn't miss yeah. it, you know, leave anything out yeah. like that? Like it's it's a lot of work, right. it's a lot of focus, it's a lot of dedication. Right? Oh man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was a ton of folks. It took me about three years to actually write the book. You know, it took us a, a, a few more years to, for me to research and pull documents and talk to people and get old letters from family members and stuff. But, you know, I'm yeah. a web developer. I, I'm also a technical writer. I mean, I've got experience technically writing. That doesn't really translate to being a novelist and stuff. So I had to learn how to, to write the story. And, and I have 
I have a wonderful uh, critique partner in my wife who's, who's very, very good um, at writing. She should write herself. I keep trying to talk her into writing her own book. But um, and then I had a, a good editor and uh, to help me, uh, you know, get through and, and write the write the, the story. But but basically, yeah, it was um, it was a story that was emotional for me to write too, man. I mean, I sat there a lot of times writing and, and, and going and just living through my grandfather's eyes and and you know his siblings and what they went through and you know I got I got pretty emotional a lot of times writing the story and I think it translates because so many people you know write to me and and contact me and say man I just I cried man at this I laughed you know there's a lot of humor in, in there as well my my grandfather was also kind of a you know a jokester he had a great sense of humor you know on top of that so so there was a lot to learn I I, I learned a lot in writing the book and you know and I can't wait to to write the next one yeah, and, and it's a it's a bestseller, and and it's it's gotten a lot of great reviews, and it seems like you're gonna turn it into a movie. It looks like. Yeah, Rory, that's that's the that uh, that news kind of came to us uh, this week. Now I have I have a friend of mine who's um who 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 coaches my my daughter's uh, acting careers, but he's yeah. also an actor himself, and he's he's a producer and director, and he has his own production company. Now I, I, I gave him a copy of the book. I said, dude, read this book for me, man. Just just read it and tell me what you think. With the idea, you know, that he might come back and and want to turn that thing into a movie, and and that's exactly what he did. He said, you know, I just I read the book because you're my friend and stuff. But he goes, once I read the book, man, it's I, he's just like, you know, this is a great story, and this has got to be. Let's just make the movie and let's do it. So we got the plans in place to do it, you know, and, and we're he's out there pitching it to studios and producers and, and, and working his tail off to, to get it on the big screen. And uh, and my two young daughters will be, you know, they'll be roles. This is what they do. They're they're both, you know, SAG after actresses and, and wonderful actresses. And, and there's a couple really nice parts in there for them. And, and uh, we're looking forward to moving forward and getting this on the big screen. And a lot of people are looking forward to it as well. I've got a lot of people saying, man, I can't wait to see the movie. You know. Yeah. Um, oh, go go ahead, go ahead. Oh, oh no, it's it's all good. Um, they uh, they're looking forward to the movie as well, you know, and, and it's like this has got to be a movie. And I and I think because I mean one of the styles I wrote it in, I kind of wrote it in kind of a vivid cinematic, um, dramatic way. You know, it's kind of fast paced. Everyone who picks the book up says they could not put it down. You know, so. So as the author, it's kind of a promise to your listeners and to anyone who would read the book. It's like make sure you have time because you know it's 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 everyone has told me they can't put the book down once they start reading it. And a lot of people have read it in just like two days. So amazing, amazing. Yeah. So it it is it's it's very it's you know from what I'm reading it's very mysterious. It's it's it, yeah. it keeps you on the edge of your seat. It's a nail. It's a cliffhanger yeah. for sure. Um, but yep. you, you look at what Stanley had to go through, and you look at um, just the, yeah. the 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 vile, the, like the craziness. I mean, he he witnessed yep. some pretty crazy stuff. He did, and he did, and you know what? That generation, Rory, was they were made of iron, you know, in those days. That they, they don't make they don't make them like that anymore. I don't think. Because I sit there and I think all that he went through, you know, and, and what would he think today, you know, when, when we look around and we see, you know, the youth, is, they don't really understand what struggle is. And I think this is a good thing because I think that it's great 
that uh, youngsters and stuff, the young generation today, look into your family, you know, learn something about your family. And I think I'm talking to a lot of uh, my, my, my kids, friends and stuff. They're, they're interested in that history of their family. They want to know about their family. And I think there's a lot to learn there. There's a lot of lessons that we can teach the, the youth of today, you know, by, by seeing how their, their ancestors struggled, you know, I, I've got my two daughters reading the book, you know, and, 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 uh, so they can kind of see what their great grandfather had to go through, what he had to deal with and how he overcame it. You know, he didn't complain. He just, he just, you know, put his nose to the grind and he, and he pushed through it and found a way to survive. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you, you talk about, you bring up a good point. I mean, people should know their family history. They should study it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's awesome. I think it's cool. And you, you look at yeah. how you said it took you three years to write it. I mean, that you have to get every single yeah. detail. You have to make sure you do it right. And I'm sure it's a lot of right. memorizing. I'm sure it's tons of research. Mm-hmm. I'm, sure, I'm sure it's a fun adventure, too. I mean, you really get to dive deep yeah. into these. Uh, amazing, these amazing subjects, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, no, it's, it was, it was, a, it's an amazing ride, amazing trip. And now that we're, you know, we're trying to turn, turn it into a movie now. So we'll have a screen, a screenwriter convert a book to a screenplay and, and, and go from there. So it's, it's been a fun ride, right? It really has. And I, I really feel good when I hear somebody, you know, say, Hey, this book touched me, man, this book motivated me, this book encouraged me, you know, cause that's, that, that as a writer makes me feel really good that I've touched somebody's life with this story, you know, because it, it does, right. it's a pretty amazing story. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, he was, yeah, he was an amazing man. And, and I just, when I wrote, when I read and turned up all this, you know, all these facts and of his, of his life, man, I said, I got to tell the story because he took the story to his grave or he, uh, my uncle was in the room when my grandfather passed in, in 1985. He had, he had colon cancer. And he, he looked at my grandfather and he said, Pops, he's like, tell me about your life. And my grandfather just kind of looked at him and he just like raised a finger, man. He said, he said don't ever ask me about my life. And, and he, that's all he said. So he passed away. And even my dad, who's 86 years old, doesn't know, didn't know his name wasn't Miller. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. It's incredible the stuff we learned. I tell everybody where they can buy this book and get involved in all that sure. stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just uh, visit my website. I've got a website up there called heartofsteelbook.com. And on that website, there's a lots of pictures. There's lots of background information. There's lots of information about the book. And there's also links to um, to where you can buy it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. There's uh, links to either one. There's also a link to if you want an autographed copy, just you know click that, and I'll I'll get you an autographed copy out there. I think it's available on Walmart too. I think I saw it pop up on Walmart's online store as well. So, but yeah, please visit the site okay. hardofbooksteel.com. Perfect, perfect. And before you go, uh, I know you're a Trump supporter. What do you make of this whole impeachment nonsense? Ah, uh, well, Rory, I'm I'm listening to your listeners early and stuff, and and I think I think everything's going to be okay, man. I think I mean it's it, it's insane. I mean, I got to tell you, I've I have never seen anything like this in in all my years. Yeah, uh, you know, it's 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 interesting. But I, I think um, it's going to turn out okay because it's. I mean, there's no way they're going to impeach the president. It ain't going to happen. And I think, um, you know, it, 
our country is going to be fine. You know, we're going to get through this, and, and he's going to be reelected in a landslide, in my opinion. And I really, truly believe, you know, that the House is going to go back as well. So this stuff is going to backfire. You know, it's it's. I don't know whose idea that was, but I don't think it was a wise one. Exactly. Exactly. Very well said. Uh, really, really thank you for coming on, Kevin. Uh, you and oh, I will yeah, Roy, yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I appreciate you inviting me on, and uh, it was uh, enjoyable talking to you, man. All righty. Absolutely. We'll talk again soon. Cheers, man. God bless. All right, man. Same to you, Roy. Take care. All righty. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us. We have political consultant Jay Schroeder. Jay, how are you? Great. It's a beautiful day. 45 minutes from Lambeau Field, Green Bay Packers. Flyover country in Wisconsin. Nice. How Very I got, nice. So- how, how I got involved in government is we bought our house. There's a state statute. If you buy it below assessed value, they drop the tax rate on the house. I went to the Board of Appeals, uh, tried to appeal it, and they said, no, you can't. Uh, we're not going to do this. So I appealed it to the state, and I won. That's how it got me into local politics. In the mortgage business, and my wife is a physician, so we got involved nationally, or I did more or less, because of Obama trying to screw up both of our professions. So that, that brought me to where I am involved in politics and uh, helping Trump. But we've been to this rodeo before in Wisconsin. In 2010, they passed the Collective Bargaining Act 10, limiting unions' rights. So all hell broke loose in Madison, and we had protesters. They tried to recall our governor, and it failed. And they recalled it because uh, they didn't like him and what he was doing, the liberals. So, but what they do is they tick off the independents. And I was doing a loan with a retired school teacher, and she says, you know what, I just don't like how they're operating. I know he was one in office, just leave him in there, let him serve. Boy, does that remind me of Donald Trump. You know, he get in, he wants to do things. What do they want to do? They want to recall him or impeach him, impeach him. And what's the article of impeachment? Abuse of power. Really? No, what he's doing is he's using his power as the president. Republicans and Democrats, a lot of them have used that uh, Oval Office like a museum. Donald Trump actually has paperwork on his desk. Imagine that. He actually wants to do something. The the Democrats, they're just jealous. Nervous Nancy, she's jealous. That's all it is. And he makes them look bad because he gets things done. He says he wants to uh, cut taxes. He does it. He does all these things. And that, that just irritates them. That's why they want to get rid of them. But they don't know what they've done, which we experienced in Wisconsin, is they've turned off the independents. So I say, keep going, Nancy, and chuckle Schumer. Keep doing it. Because as you do it, you're going to drive up uh, Trump's poll numbers and whys because the independents are pissed off. They're not playing by the rules. They're not playing fair. And independents don't like that. They like honest politics, and you, you go to a fight, you present your case, and then that's the way it is. But they don't like game playing. They didn't like it in Wisconsin with our governor, recall them. It failed the recall. And they don't like what they're doing to Trump. So I say keep doing it. Keep going. Keep twisting the rules. Don't call witnesses. Uh, if anything, they're... Uh, uh, helping Trump, and they don't even know it, but because they're drunk with hate. 
drunk. They're intoxicated. You know, when anybody's ever drank alcohol, you do things maybe you wouldn't when you're sober. Well, this this Democratic Party, they're they're drunk. And who do they have uh, as their leading candidate? Joe Biden, who brags about his hairy legs and little kids around him. What is he, a pervert? You know, I haven't heard anybody say it, but that, I wouldn't want my kids around that. And and you give a speech. He's a weirdo. Yeah, that's an understatement. His wife's even going to introduce him, right? Yeah. So she's putting her hand out to introduce him. What does he do? He starts sucking her finger. What the heck? <laughs> You know, that's what they have to offer. So, so you know what I say? Keep doing that stuff. You know, in Wisconsin, another thing, we have a Wisconsin election commission. And, and if people haven't voted in the last two elections, they send out a postcard to see if the people are still there. Well, uh, a judge has ordered them to purge the voter lists of that. So what did our state election commission do? They voted three to three to ignore the judge. So now it's going to have to go to our state Supreme Court. See another similarity? They, they just have been so used to doing what they wanted to do for 50 years. And for a Republican, as our governor or the president, Donald Trump, says, no, you can't. They're like, what? We've been doing this for 50 years. How dare you tell us? You're, you're supposed to listen to us and bow down. And by the way, the Oval Office is a... A museum, don't you know that? There's just pictures there. Just come in and take pictures with people and then, then uh, go on your way. But how dare you actually try to do something? And because it makes us look bad, too. So so that's really yeah. what it's all about. And and right. I say, you go, go ahead and impeach. Go ahead. They can impeach them. Yeah. They're going to convict them. But just keep exactly. going. Walk in the plank. Yeah, and it, just, it will just backfire on them and you know, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's something I've, it's the biggest abuse of power. And, and, you know, I've never seen anything this corrupt. I mean, I, this is a whole nother level of absurdity and only because they can't beat him. That's why they're trying to take him out. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But it makes uh, them look bad. If John F. Kennedy yeah. or Harry Truman would see this party, they'd say, what party is this? It's not the democratic party. It's the socialist party. Exactly. Exactly. And it's, I was saying today, we can't even call them liberals anymore because they're not liberals. They're communists. They are not. You yeah. know, these people are on a whole nother level. And, you know, we saw how popular Bill Clinton became uh, when they tried to impeach him and how the Democrats won the House back back then. It's going right. to be a very similar situation in 2020 for, for the Republicans. Uh, you know, it's it, this is just the worst kind of move, and it's, it really sends – the wrong message. I mean, it's the most dividing topic you could ever think of. Yep. And then Jerry Nadler, Mr. Uh, Law himself, you've got these attorneys, and then what does he do? He doesn't swear them in. So then they can say anything. Right. They're not in contempt. All these little games, right. do they think we're freaking morons here in this country or what? You know, yeah, I don't they must think so. Ones. They're trying to pull these fast ones on us, and I noticed that too. I talked about it on the show the other day. He didn't even swore these people in. And you're you have to by law in a court in a court setting. I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah, and then they have uh, the Pfizer report. They lie to them. Comey lies to them, lies, and then he gets yeah. and he says, "Oh, I made a mistake, and I, uh, you know, I got thirty-eight thousand employees to oversee." Come on, it's the president of the United States. Wake up. 
You know, he, that's another again. They think we're that stupid. They they just do. Exactly. And you, you get these, they get these high and mighty professors to come and testify, well, we know what's good. We, we have these doctorates. And you little peons here, you just don't understand this. So we have to explain yeah. it to you how it really is. You know, that, that's what it's yeah. all about. And now, and now they're saying, you know, I would just want to shift topics just a little bit, but, you know, I've been hearing rumors and I've been seeing polls about Wisconsin possibly, I mean, I, I believe Trump will win in Wisconsin, but there's stuff that's yes. come out and saying the Democrats are leading there in certain polls. And, I mean, do you buy it? Do you, do you really think Trump can lose Wisconsin? The Marquette poll is the gold standard of Wisconsin. If there's any other poll that's ever done, this is the one statistically that is the most accurate. Does it have gyrations? Yes, but it's anyone can check it out. And the last poll shows that Trump's leading. Uh, you can call me November 4th, the day after election, and I'll say, I told you Trump was going to win this state. And the reason is, is what I said. The independents in this state don't like games. Right. Right. You know, you got 43 well, Democrats, yeah. 43 Republicans. Those are the yeah. those are 43 each party, but it's those independents. They don't like games, and because of that, this is all going to backfire, especially in Wisconsin, because we went through it already with the recall of our governor. So and they're not stupid they, either. And why? Yeah, talk about that. The gov- I was shocked and surprised when you guys, you know, Scott Walker. In my opinion, I thought he did a pretty good job. I like his policy, yeah. and he's loyal to our president. And, uh, you know, he I can't believe you guys got a Democrat governor, and he I can't believe he didn't win re-election. It's ridiculous. Well, why he didn't, you know, I'll tell you, whether you're for it or against it doesn't matter. What they did is yeah. they uh, targeted uh, counties in Wisconsin to put on a referendum to legalize marijuana. That got voters yeah. out, and then they voted Democrat. But the thing is how they screwed over those people. Whether you're for marijuana or against it is irrelevant. They How they screwed them over? Did they? It was an advisory referendum. All it, they used them to get to the ballot to vote for Evers, thinking they were going to get yeah. this referendum that was going to be law. It wasn't. They even screwed them over. So that's how right. it was. Thirty thousand votes. That's how they did it. So, you know, that's just how they are. But time will catch up. You can only do this bullshit. I don't, I don't know if I'll get um, bleeped out of it. But you can only do that bullshit for so long. People aren't stupid. Maybe they get fooled once. But once they get burned, they, they don't forget it. And, and that's yeah, why and, and the I Democrat. Think, I think more and more people are waking up to what the de- – you know, the Democrats just like to talk. They're not doers. And they've, they've been misleading – and doing the wrong things for their constituents for all these years. And there's so many people that are finally seeing the light. They're knowing really what's going on. A lot of it has to do with Trump exposing, you know, these rats. Right. Like he, when he was running for election, he talked and he says, African-Americans, you know, you've been lied to for 50 years. What, what the hell you got to lose? Yeah. Vote for me. Yeah. You know, he yeah. got 8% of the African-American vote. Now he's got, he's, uh, and he polled 20 to 34%. I heard if he gets 12%, he's reelected. But he's helped the black unemployment rate. At lowest ever, you know, I, I can say these aren't talking points. These are facts. Uh, Latinos, African-American, lowest unemployment ever. Who is the racist that keeps them on the reservation? It's the Democratic Party. They want them unemployed, being on the government roll, and stupid. The dignity is having a job. 
Very true. And what do you, I know you've done stuff for the Trump campaign and you're involved in Wisconsin and you're you're doing everything you can to, you know, help him win that state. What what's some of the latest uh, projects you're involved with? Well, we we have victory centers and we go door to door and make phone calls and uh, you know the typical things. Um you have your groups and uh, par- local party and uh, more, the biggest thing is to contact the independents. You know, we have lists, and, you know, they compile those. And I've helped with a couple of campaigns of uh, Donald Trump for security and all that. And I was supported him when he was in Appleton, our paper valley, in February of 2016. I knew I'm like, this guy's different. You know, people run for office, in my opinion, for the prestige or the money, their ego of, quote, running well, Donald Trump had both of those beforehand, so he doesn't care. He's already had them. So this is nothing new for him. He just wants to do what's right. You know, what a novel idea. Run for office and then do what you say. And, and yeah. you know, it, it's, it's once in a generation you, you see people like this. Ronald Reagan was one I thought. Um, personally, I think the one he was had to – his attempt on his life, it took a lot of energy out of him, which I can't complain if you, you have that of being shot and all that. I think that took a little edge out of him, uh, you know, and slowed him down a little bit. That's my personal right. opinion of since 1970s to when he was injured. And But Donald Trump is a fireball, and he really wants to do what's right. And he, like he says, and it's true, right. I have enough money in the world. I've done everything I want. Uh, I'm going to give back to the country. And he gets static, yes. you know. That's the other thing. They want his freaking taxes, the, the Democrats. What for? He has to file with the IRS all the time. Let me tell you, there's deep shade in the IRS. If there was something bad he was doing with his taxes, they would have released him. It would have been a long or, time ago. Or, absolutely. So, so that's yeah. a bunch of BS, too. But right. they just no, can't. Hey, no, go, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Well, no, they're just drunk with hate. They they just they can't help themselves. But he plays, you know, there's an old saying, but it's true. He plays chess, and they play checkers. I'm telling you, he sits and says, Very these true. are the things I want to do, and these Democrats hate it so bad, they're going to take this bait, and they take it every single time because he's so Absolutely. much smarter than they are. And he's got right on his side. If you got wrong on your side, it's kind of hard because you got to lie and deceive all the time. And, and you got to be on your toes more. But if you're telling the truth and trying to do what's good in life, it, it's easier. Exactly. So no, you're right. One, 100%. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, Jay, stay with us. Uh, I, I do got to get to another person on the panel, but I will get back to you. We still got a lot more to do in the show. Uh, stay with us, though. Very good insight. Very good uh, talking points. Thank you. Yep. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, I do want to introduce, I believe she's with us. Uh, We have Dr. Minnie Diaz. How are you? Hello, everyone. I'm doing well. How are you? Doing very well. Minnie, what's been going on? Uh, What's what's the latest? How are you? What, What have you been working on? Well, I've been working on the urban development and um, criminal social, uh, criminal justice reform. Um, I'm here in Texas, and I'm going to be expanding um, 
the and executing the the White House um, initiative. And what that does is um, we go to all these um, places that need um, jobs, that need homes, that need small businesses, entrepreneurs, and faith engagement, and we start building from the beginning, and we do with investors who are interested in um, investing and revitalizing the, the communities. And the anybody who's an investor and would, and would like to participate in this, they have up to, I believe, a 10-year tax-free window. So they don't have to pay taxes on any other projects up to 10 years. So that gives them an opportunity for um, it's an incentive. And it gives them opportunity to um, develop these projects to, for, for um, and everybody wins. So the community wins because uh, we're looking for investors at the local level, uh, people who want to invest in their particular communities. We do not yeah. want gentrification. We absolutely do not yeah. want that because the people need to um, come along and they want hope, they want jobs, they want um, good measures that will improve their lives, not only their faith, their mind, and their soul, but economically. And that's where I, what we're working on right now. I love it. I love it. So in the urban development, you know, we've seen for the longest time how that, you know, it's been run into the ground by some of these past leftist politicians. We saw how bad it was with Obama administration. You know, what what kind of, uh, you know, corruption and, you know, I mean, I'm sure you're seeing a lot that's out of place, stuff that's just in a terrible mess. Obviously, you're doing a lot of things to repair it and, and make it better, but can you speak on that? Yes, um, actually, the um, we're learning as we go, and we are adopting measures to put safeguards in place, such as the IRS guidelines, the IRS um, um, laws, and all those things, so that we keep uh, we keep ourselves accountable, the projects livable and accountable, and there will be no shade, there will be no. Um, in, in, in no no negative remarks or uh, or discontinuation of any project, so we will keep everything, uh, every box checked, every I dotted, every T crossed, so that uh, truly it will be something um, to be admired, to be grateful for, to be uh, of the highest moral and ethical participation. I love it. I love it. And so you're, you're really, you guys are really doing it. And so what, what are some of the like, like what areas are, are you guys doing a lot of different areas? Like any specific? Yes. The, yes. Each governor, for example, in Texas, the governor has identified areas already that need, um, that need the, these projects. So um, I'm here in the McAllen area, which is a, a border with, um, with Mexico, and they there yeah. is a, a particular county, uh, I believe it's Star County, where there's this place known as the Colonies, and truly poverty has taken away hope. Um, crime is rampant, and and you know what happens with poverty and no hope and no opportunity, it just um, goes downhill. But with this program that President Trump 
has signed on that and, and and put it into a bill, an executive order. He, um, we are specifically intentionally and uh, targeting those communities because we want to say and show that every everything is redeemable and with um, some um, well thought out projects. Uh, with faith measures in place, with um, housing and the food and, and secure jobs, uh, there is hope. And uh, you take away the codependent um, food stamps and the um, – not that everybody in poor communities – you know, you have the working poor. They don't take that. But we're talking about um, places and people that just – don't see any other way out that they hold tight to those other um, sources of income or lifestyle because they are afraid to let go that if they let go they cannot prosper and we want to we want to stop that and show uh, and participate and encourage and help and empower those communities and tell them listen you can come out of it there is a way this is the way we're going to back you up 100%, and this is what we're going to do. For example, um, investors can say, well, we're going to um, develop 100 apartment units, 100 homes, 100 villas. There's going to be uh, a, a supermarket. There's going to be a child care. There's going to be several choices for church, you know, church buildings. Uh, there's going to be small businesses like uh, cafes, plazas, um, cell units, cell phone businesses, cleaners. So you build this community intelligently and make sure that there's not that others don't compete against each other too much, so that those businesses um, have an opportunity to thrive. We will not be, uh, you know, we do want some um, anchor big names, but not too much because we want the whole purpose is for the community to uh, develop the entrepreneurs and for the smaller investors to have an opportunity to invest that money. And because it's their money in their community, they're going to ensure that it's going to thrive and it's going to be successful. And it's a win-win for everybody. Absolutely, and I'm, you know, it's really sad what's happened to some of these inner cities. And I'm, I'm driving, you know, anytime I'm anywhere. I mean, you always see it. No matter, I've been to pretty much every state in America. I think actually, I, well, actually, I think there's like one or two states I haven't been to, but I've been to every other one. Uh, but wow, but I, the inner city stuff. I mean, it's, it's really everywhere. I mean, and the politicians have let it get this bad. I mean, and some of it looks like a third world country. I mean, you, you go to places like Chicago or New York or Baltimore or Detroit or even parts of L.A. Um, you know, it's, it's, it gets in Seattle. You know, I'm, I live in Phoenix now. I've lived in Phoenix for about seven years, but I'm originally from Seattle. And my home city of Seattle right now looks like a third world country. Tents, feces, needles, constant crime. And these, oh, my God, the inner city – and it's changing. It's getting better, but it's so, it's so built up. Uh, it's like a cesspool over time that's just been added and added. You know what I mean? Yes, I do, and it's heartbreaking because I'm a native of San Jose, California. I was born there. 
And I yeah. lived in Torrance, and I lived in Lancaster, which is the yeah. Mojave. And uh, and I don't remember. I really don't remember seeing tents and needles and poo everywhere. Um, yeah. The hopelessness. Um, you always had your back communities, and you know um, we're not going to deny that. There are always there there will always be poor communities. It's just a matter of a fact it's, it's something that it just is and but you can make yeah. you can try to improve there as many as you can and as many as uh, are willing and uh right. but what's happening in california is devastating it's heartbreaking and then you have these uh, politicians uh, for example the speaker of the house Ms. pelosi um, in San Francisco, it was, you know, she that's her area. She that's where she's the community she's representing, and 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 I, and I, you look at it and it's heartbreaking. How can San Francisco, where you know um, the tourists, uh, people will go down there because you know in the summers or any other time because of the beauty of the of the hills, the streets, the uniqueness of it, um, and, uh, and 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 allow it to become what it's become now uh, even I, I keep reading almost every day um, businesses closing businesses closing they're fleeing California I believe the number yeah. was 700,000 or 800,000 that left California last year and yeah. these are people that are able to escape because they have resources and are able to escape but pretty soon right. if um, they keep leaving and leaving you're going to only have two three classes and that's going to yeah. be the filthy, filthy rich that have the huge and large fences that nobody can get in because they're fenced. Right. And they're multimillionaires. And then you're going to have the um, the working poor. And then you're going to yeah. have those that dwell in tents and go in the street. So um, right. they are Mid- reinvented yeah, no, I, a I social agree. system, all right? Right? It's yeah, yeah, it's getting it's and it's it's really bad out there. And I do hate to cut this short, but I do gotta close out the show. Um, but tell everybody where they can get involved, all that good stuff. Yes, every state will be having a um, a a state coordinator, and I'm the coordinator for Texas. So every California right. already has uh, started. They have um, two or three leaders. Go to the uh, if you Google. Um, Urban revitalization and um, criminal justice reform is going to take you to yeah. the website, the government website, and it tells you who's yeah. the leader for every state, how to get involved, and per- how to invest. Perfect, perfect. Minnie, I'm going to have you back very soon because there's a lot more I want to talk to you about, but thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye-bye. You, t- you too. Um, let's go to Todd. Todd, go ahead. Hey, Rory, I appreciate you. You know, I'm sitting here listening to everybody and, you know, a lot of great stuff tonight. I love the author that was on there. I'm probably going to go and try to get his book. And I was wanting to see how to get an autographed copy. And I'm glad he said how to get an autographed copy. So I'm going to look at that. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate everything your guests are doing. And, you know, I won't be on it, obviously, until the next year. Uh, But if you guys can follow me at Todd for House, that's at T-O-D-D, the number four, H-O-U-S-C. And, you know, we'll know sometime probably in early to mid-January what what our plans are with regards to the 2020 election. Uh, You know, if I don't run, you know, there's the opportunity to go on full-time, probably working with the Trump campaign and, of course, get him reelected for certain. 
Uh, we'll see where we're at, but you know, God bless everybody. Let's keep this momentum going. You know, let's let's get the Trump train fired up and let's uh, go ahead and knock this thing out next year. I love it. I love it, Todd. Always a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Heck yeah. God bless everybody. All righty. Um, let's go to uh, Dr. Hennon. Go ahead. Yes, great show tonight, Rory. Um, you know, I'm just all you know excited. I'll just say. Uh, everything that's going on with everyone at, uh, across this country and excited about um, all the other uh, people that are uh, out, out there campaigning and just fighting the fight as well. Um, and, you know, for those that want to, uh, you know, kind of stay in touch with me, um, my website is Hennon, H-E-N-N, the number four, Ohio2020.com. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at D-R-D Hennon. And on Facebook, just Dwayne, D-U-A-N-E, H-E-N-N-E-N. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook there as well. Sounds good, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Always a pleasure. Thank okay, you. thank you. Um, let's go to uh, let's go to Josh. Josh Barnett, go ahead. Tell everybody where they can connect with you. Yeah, you can uh, connect with me at Barnett for AG on Twitter and Instagram and Josh Barnett for Congress on Facebook. Um, and also, it's good to hear her with the Opportunity Zone. Um, I'm a big fan of those as a business owner, and um, it's great to see, you know, those opportunities to give to people that in areas that, that, that truly need it. So thank you for having me right. on again, Rory, and uh, always always have a good time with you. Always a pleasure, my friend. We'll definitely talk soon. Thanks. Thank you. Um, let's go to uh, – Corey. I, I, wanted, I wanted to – get you on and talk to you for a long time tonight, but I can only give you about two minutes. Uh, so, uh, and I want to get you back Thursday so we can talk a lot more, but uh, you had some big sure. news how you were out registering a bunch of people for, for the election, Republicans. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, just got back from uh, Liberty University for the fall semester. We have winter break now, and so I went back uh, Directly as to what I was doing this summer, and that's registering people in the uh, state of Texas to vote Republican, to vote conservative. And you had a previous guest on that was talking about you know, people fleeing from California. Well, they're fleeing from California and going to Texas. So I just yeah. have a message to all the people that are coming to Texas from California that say, go the hell back. So we, we, we really don't want you. Uh, no offense, no offense. But, um, you know, so what, what we're really doing is we're out there trying to register conservatives to vote. And, and uh, you know, these super PACs that I've been working with called Engage Texas, we've been getting um, really thousands and thousands upon uh, of, of conservative uh, individuals to register to vote. And I think what we're going to see is the transition. And really, really, uh, Texas has been under siege the past couple of years, and it's turned into a purple state. So what we're going to see now, I think, is Texas start to become red, the red that it was back in the 70s, the 80s, and 90s, even in the early 2000s. And so that's really what right. I've been um, looking forward to doing a lot more. But uh, I, I will say one more thing just to close your your show. It's that... Um, yeah. Give you about 30, maybe 30, I, 30 I, seconds, then i got to... Sure, sure. I want everyone to look at the recent CNN poll that just came out. Look at the poll that uh, CNN released today that talks about impeachment with regards to Democrats, independents, Republicans. Democrats down 13 percent in favor of impeachment. Independents down 2 percent, Republicans down 5 percent. Every single American, regardless of their political orientation, is against the impeachment. This is a scam, and Americans are, are saying that, and that's even reflected in the CNN polls. So we need to wake up and fight back. Absolutely. Absolutely, my friend. Uh, I'm going to get you on for a lot of time on Thursday so we can chat a lot 
Uh, tell everybody where it's they can early. connect with you, though. Yeah, yeah. Just follow me on Twitter at the Corey, and then uh, Instagram as always at the Corey Jones. Just uh, give me a follow before I get kicked off the of social media like the rest of the conservatives. So, <laughs> per- perfect, perfect. So uh, we'll talk to you Thursday, buddy. Thank you. Yes, sir. You have a good one, sir. All righty, everybody. Uh, it's been a great show tonight. I want to thank all my audience, my sponsors, my co-hosts and guests. Uh, we have a big show planned for you Thursday. We'll see you then. I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers.